You're listening to the Verbatim Word Podcast. This is Justin Gary. Thanks for tuning in. Well, just one more week, and then we'll be releasing Season 2 of the Verbatim Word Podcast. If you've been around since the beginning of Season 1, you've listened to quite a lot. In fact, we had over 52 episodes last season, which means if you've listened to all of Season 1, you've listened to about 30 hours of me talking, which is quite a bit. So I commend you for sticking around. Well, our, our hope and our prayer is that season two will be full of a lot more words of God coming to us through the Verbatim Word podcast. But that's what, something I want to talk about on this bonus, bonus episode before we get started with season two, is the importance of a single word. You've probably heard it said before, a man of few words or a woman of few words. Usually someone who doesn't say much, but when they do speak, it's usually pretty important. I think God sometimes speaks in fewer words, not in many words. Many Christians will always be looking for a word. Maybe it's a word from the Lord, something that they just heard God speak. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It can just be one simple verse, but just the fact that they might hear God speak. Some people even seek a word from the Lord for the next year or for the next season of their life. What word might guide them in the things that they're about to take place in their lives or or the steps of faith they're about to take? And they'll allow those words to guide them. This happens to me every now and then. I'm not really sure how it comes or when it comes, but as I'm just maybe in a contemplative state, I may not even be in an attitude of prayer necessarily, but just out doing the yard and listening to a teaching or something, a word will come to me. And that word, as I begin to chew on that word and think about that word, I'll start to think of scriptures that actually contain that word. And it's like the Lord somehow brings out his highlighter pen and starts showing different words throughout scripture that have that word. And as you begin to meditate on that word, you can start to see some pretty profound things. Well, this happened to me again recently, and the word that came up was the word steadfast. Now, steadfast is not a word that I would normally use in my everyday vocabulary or something that I would think on my own. So as I started to think about this word steadfast, it led me to a concordance to be able to look up what that word means. And I want to encourage you to do that. If every now and then just a word just starts pressing upon your heart or upon your mind, maybe in a specific moment of seeking God, or maybe just throughout the day, this word comes up, start seeking. What do the scriptures say about that word? And I want to explore with you a little bit what the word steadfast, what I found as I looked in scripture. Now, as I just briefly looked up the word steadfast, there was over something like 17 or 18 uses of it in the New King James Version, which is the the version of the Bible that I tend to go to. But it was interesting with just a few minutes looking up the word steadfast, what I saw in scripture and the ways it began to speak. The first one I looked at was in 1 Chronicles 28.7. Now, if you know the story is in 1 Chronicles 28.7, David is about to hand over the kingdom. Now, he's been a faithful king, the man after God's heart. He's been through lots of things, ups and downs, good things and failures as well. And he's going to hand over the kingdom to his son, Solomon, a son who's not so wise and not so experienced, but does have the call and the anointing of God upon his life. And this is what the Lord says to David about his son, Solomon. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever. If he is steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments, as it is this day. The word of God to David was that Solomon would have to be steadfast, meaning when something's steadfast, it means you keep going in the same direction at the same pace. You don't slow down, you don't speed up, you don't turn to the left, you don't turn to the right. That's what being steadfast is. You're being consistent. You keep going in the same direction. 
And that was the word about Solomon. If he, Solomon, was steadfast to observe God's commandments and God's judgments as it is this day, his kingdom would be established forever. Solomon needed to take to heart that you can't just walk sometimes fast and sometimes slow with the Lord. You can't go to the left or right. You can't meander from the path. You need to remain steadfast. And in steadfastness, there would be success. This has been on my heart a lot lately because I believe a lot of believers are not steadfast the way they used to be. You might know some. In fact, I know some right now who are not walking in the same way that they used to walk. They've either been distracted or they've been rerouted or they've turned aside or they've been sideswiped. Something's caused them to not walk the way they used to did they used to do. And as you watch their lives, they're not as fruitful as they once were. They're not being as in a trusted They're not being entrusted with as much as they once were in the kingdom of God. They don't have the authority. They don't have the power. They don't have the influence because they're not steadfast the way they once were. And that's a reminder to me as well. I want to be steadfast, immovable, continuing on in the things that God has called me to and doing them with the passion with which he has always called me to do them. Not slowing down, not speeding up, not running ahead but walking in that same pace that God has called me to do faithfully. Steadfast also shows up when King David writes it in Psalm 51, verse 10. You might know the psalm. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David recognized that sin had crept in, that somehow he had been thwarted by sin and and ran after sin and run away from God. And in part of that repentance, he said, renew a steadfast spirit within me, a spirit that is content, a spirit that is consistent, a spirit that seeks God, a spirit that draws from the things of God, a spirit that doesn't run after the things of this world and and desire that intensity or that excitement or that draw that even though just for a moment might bring some sort, sort of pleasure or excitement, in the end leaves us empty and farther away from God. He wanted a steadfast spirit one that was uh, holding on tightly to the Lord and was allowed to just find all of its delight in the things of God that wasn't being tempted to the left or to the right by things that were not godly, creating me a clean heart and a steadfast spirit within me. Oh Lord, that our hearts would long after the things after you, that we wouldn't be tripped up to run after or, or slowed down by the heavy weights of sin in this world, but a steadfast spirit that is content in the things of God. As I kept inquiring to this word steadfast, I looked at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, where Paul is closing his letter to the Corinthian church, a church that was being tempted by this world, a church that was quite carnal, actually, that had kind of turned away from the things of God and was supplementing their walk and their Christian faith and even their church with very carnal things from the world around them. And Paul, at the end of that, after all that he exhorted them to do, he said in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Paul knew and Paul recognized and Paul himself had been tempted that there's times that we just want to give up, where we just want to slow down, where we want to stop pursuing the Lord and the things of the Lord. We want to allow ourselves just a few minutes or a few hours or a few days or a few weeks just to rest in the things of this world. Paul said, may that not be so, my beloved brethren. Be steadfast. Be immovable. When I come back to your city, Corinth, I want to find you in the exact same place where you were, 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, busy about your father's business, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And that's sometimes where we lose steadfastness, isn't it? Where we grow discouraged, where we grow disheartened, where we feel like it's not worth it. Why am I working so hard when everyone else is allowed to take a break? Why is the Lord holding me to account here when everyone else seems to get a pass? Well, Paul to the Corinthian church said, don't worry what the world is doing. Listen to what God is calling you to do. And let me remind you what that is. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Some of us need to hear that right now. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your faithfulness is not in vain in the Lord. If you are in the Lord and if you remain in the Lord and you receive from the Lord all the strength and power, what you need to do, it is going to be fruitful. God is going to come through. That is not going to be something that you're going to be embarrassed about or you're going to come to the end and say, man, I should have given up on this long ago. The Lord wants you to persevere. You need to be steadfast in what he's called you to do in that role, in that calling, in that ministry, in that faithfulness. Be steadfast. Don't let anything move you, not even your own self and your own discouragement. Continue on. And the last one I looked at in that list was 1 Peter 5, verse 9, talking about our adversary, the enemy. It says, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. When Peter wrote that, he acknowledged that Satan will come in sometimes and tempt us. Peter knew that himself. He'd been tempted by the Lord. He heard Jesus say to him, get behind me, Satan, not realizing that the thoughts and the motives that he had in that moment were actually tainted by the lies of the enemy and not by the truth of the gospel and what Christ had come to do. Well, Peter now passes on that lesson. He says, resist him. He's going to try. He's going to try and take you down. He's going to try and throw you off course. He's going to try and weaken you, but resist him. Steadfast in the faith. You may not always understand why you're continuing on or why you're doing what God's called you to or why you have to obey in that command when no one else has to. You, though, be steadfast in the faith. Keep going in the faith when no one else is. When everyone else is slowing down, you don't. And then Peter goes on saying, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You know, as you're steadfast, others around you will be steadfast as well. As you persevere, others will persevere as well. Don't expect someone else to lead the charge. You do what you're doing and others will look and see and follow your example. Your steadfastness will be contagious. Others will be steadfast as well. What is God calling us to be steadfast in in this moment? Where does our faith need to be strengthened? Where does our call need to be renewed? Where do we need a fresh promise to continue on in something that God has called us to do? Where do we need to put blinders up on the left and on the right of our eyes, just like those horses that are running in those derbies trying to make it to the end so they don't get distracted by what's on either side of them? Steadfastness, a simple word, but one to definitely meditate on and chew on. That's a word that's come to me lately. Maybe there's another word that God has given you, or maybe you want to borrow mine for a while, steadfastness. But I encourage you, in your seeking of the Lord and following the Lord, listen for those individual words. Maybe it's a word as you're reading a scripture, a word that comes up in the the sermon on Sunday morning. Maybe the preacher didn't even highlight it, but somehow some word sticks out to you. 
early in the morning when you're doing your devotions, you might read a verse or you might read a chapter, you might read a psalm. What's the word that sticks out? When you're going through a Bible study, what's the one word that sticks out to you? At the beginning of your year, at the start of a new ministry, as you're seeking the Lord, is there a word that he's pressing upon your heart? Maybe it's as simple as mowing the lawn and the word steadfast comes up. Take the time, go in and go ahead and open a concordance and see what's in there. I know for me, as we start season two of the verbatim word, steadfast is a word that I want to hold on to. As we continue to open up the word and seek the word and preach the word and share the word, we want to be steadfast in that ministry that God has called us to, to share the word of God and to build our lives upon it, to seek biblical truth in a daily context. Please be praying this week for season two of Verbatim Word that God would open it up and use it and even expand it, that many people would hear the truth, be blessed by it, encouraged by it, that many ministries will be strengthened through it. And whether it's one person or one million people, that we will remain steadfast in what God has called us to do, knowing that it'll be a blessing and it will do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. That's what happens when we're steadfast in what God has called us to. And we know that we're steadfast because he is steadfast. One more verse before we finish up today. It says here in the Old Testament in Daniel 6:26, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. What a powerful trait of the Lord our God that he is steadfast that he does not grow tired, that he does not grow weary, that he does not go to the left, to the right, that he does not slow down or speed up too quickly. He's steadfast. He's a living God. And may we follow his example as we are steadfast in him. May the Lord bless you until next time.